outlive that a little bit, but she did do a great job. Hey, like she said, if you have any questions, clarifying questions, we really want to help you with that and in that connect card. We want to connect with you, as Christian said, but if you have questions or thoughts or, hey, what about this, we want to help clarify those when it comes to the Holy Spirit, this topic. So you'll fill those out, put them in the little black boxes on your way out. There's several throughout the uh, foyer and the entryway and the exit right here. So do that. We'd love to help with, the, with all of the confusion or questions or whatever it may be. But we've really been answering a lot of uh, challenging questions and fun questions at the same time. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys of the Freedom Conference, how important the Freedom Conference is. If anybody's been through anything in the last two years, you probably need to be at the Freedom Conference. <laughs> so, if you, uh, you know, it's not about uh, things that you may be thinking about, but I'm telling you, God will start to work on you right where you're at, and he wants to help, help you through the issues of your soul that keep you in the cycles of life that you're wondering, why can't I just move past this? Well, we're going to help you with that. And the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who guides you through all of that. And it's not going to be weird and uncomfortable. It's just going to be uh, with love and grace and truth as the Holy Spirit guides. But uh, you, I'm telling you, this ministry has done a work in my life. The first thing that some, uh, one of the safety team members walked in, he says, man, I'm, I'm excited about this. Last year, this changed my life. And I told him, this thing's been changing my life for eight years, so I'm excited. That's, I'm really, really, I can't tell you enough. But then also for leadership school, Thrive Leadership School is kicking off in a couple of weeks. And today we have an interest meeting right after this service, right after prayer. Uh, and I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm, how I'm excited about this and how much I want you to be there. This is not just for ministry. This is just leadership in general. For business, for any workplace that you are, you're living in, if you just want to know how to, how to love Jesus, how to be a, a follower of Christ more, if you want to know how to lead people with biblical uh, standards and pra uh, principles, you're going to understand. Even more so, this is a four-semester, four two-year program uh, paid by, by semester. You're going to learn not just the scriptures, but you're going to learn the, uh, know the God of the scriptures, and that's most important in our lives. And so that's happening today. Start, the interest meeting is happening today right after service. And then today kicks off our 21 days of prayer. Hallelujah to that. If you'll text this 21 days of prayer to 94,000 daily, we'll send you a devotional. Or you can get on our livewithpurpose.church website and you can find our daily devotional there. Stay in, in prayer with us. We're praying over the content of that daily devotional. And it's funny how God lines things up because I was reading this today, this morning, and it was talking about one of the concepts, one of the things that I'm going to explain to you today and at the bottom of every devotional it has more passages scripture passages that you can follow up with to further your learning on the subject of what we're discussing and it happens to be the holy spirit and so through this 21 days of prayer starting today we're also praying that we're praying for everyone to have a, a real encounter with the real holy spirit we're praying for leadership to step up and stand up in this world in general we're praying for prodigal sons and daughters, and I mean spiritual prodigal sons and daughters and natural prodigal sons and daughters to come home, to wake up, to awaken to what God has called and created them to. And we're just praying for restoration of all relationships. Is that a good? 
We need it. We need it. In this world, that's why we all need freedom, so we can be a part of that right there. So uh, I want to show you a, a thank you video, but also a testimonial video, so to speak, of what took place last week when we took some of our students over to Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, to Motion Student Conference. If y'all will play that. Come on, yeah, it's okay to clap in church. Give me that church clap. Hey, 12,000 students just giving it up for Jesus was insane, I have to tell you. But it was amazing to be a part of that and watch and just come back to that childlike faith as what God actually calls us to. And sometimes, somehow, we, we, we become a professional and he just says, I just want amateurs. I just want a bunch of amateurs. I want people that are just in love with me and so I can deliver my heart into the whole world. And so six of our 13 people that went got saved or that rededicated their lives. And that is amazing. And as they're saying... Thank you for your contributions, your help with during their fundraisers or however you may have given. Thank you so much because that is a KROI, a kingdom return on investment that it doesn't stop in your generation. It continues for generations and, in fact, eternity. That is the best investment you can possibly make. And so thank you guys, seriously, for being a change in our community through these, ne these students, this next generation. It's impactful. We watch the seeds begin to grow. I assure you, they will grow. I am an example of that from a child through difficult times, and now I think I'm walking my life out in Christ. And so it is, uh, it is seeds that you are planting, let me assure you. Well, we're, we're in our series, we're in our series, and it's called, Who is the Holy Spirit? Because so many of you have had those questions, who is the Holy Spirit? You may have been taught some things, you may have been uh, not taught some things, you may have been skimmed over, it may have been, you know, rejected or, or talked in an unhealthy way about, who knows? We have different backgrounds and, and here we are coming together and merging for something that is reviving and new. And so we wanted to answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? We've been asking and, and talking about some very practical questions. Then we had some fun questions and we started with like, who, who is he? Is he a person? Then we got to, is he Pentecostal? Is he charismatic? Well, today we're talking about, does he baptize? Does he, the Holy Spirit, baptize? Who does the baptism? Who does this baptizing? Does he do it? Does he baptize? And so we're answering that question and some others that are connected with that that you may have until today been confused about, and it may have hindered your approach to moments in worship like we just experienced or teachings along this line or anything of any uh, denomination or group that had anything to do with 
the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to, right now, let's just pray. Father, we just pray for your will. We pray for your truth to penetrate our hearts. And Lord, we thank you for coming and dying on the cross. Thank you for living a natural life, laying down your deity as a human as we are, and to show us what it means and what it looks like to live a spirit-empowered life here on earth. And Jesus, thank you that it was wisdom that you said you must go so that you could send him, he, the advocate, the helper, the counselor, the one who will lead us and guide us into all truth, the Holy Spirit. And so right now, we just cancel any lie that has been spoken against the word of God, the true and accurate word of God. And we ask for forgiveness. We ask for grace and mercy. And Holy Spirit, more than anything, we ask that you do an inner work inside of our hearts and souls. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Well, all right. Let me just, yeah, let me just jump into this. Yes, number one point is, yes, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. So he does baptize. But he baptizes us in Jesus. And let me create some framework around this. We're going to go through the first two points really quickly, and I'm going to expand on the third. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So when you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus, into the body of Christ. So you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and may not have recognized or even admitted it because no one comes to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit guides them, guides us, and then he baptizes us in Jesus in the body of Christ. I'll explain. Don't get upset with me yet. And so baptizo literally means to baptize. This is the word of baptize is to fully immerse, to fully immerse. And so we have Full, been fully, if we're saved, if we've met Jesus Christ and, and received him as Lord and Savior, believed in him, we have now been baptized into his body because of what he did on the cross. Okay. Number two, the disciples baptize us in water. The disciples baptize us in water. And so Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So after we get baptized into the body, then we get, ba- then we get baptized in water. So the disciples do the baptizing. So the Holy Spirit does the baptizing into Jesus, salvation. And then as disciples, we baptize one another into water, full immersion right there. And some people think that water baptism is just a sign, but it's not. It is a true spiritual experience that means something, something spiritual and defining for our spiritual journey. Here's what that means. So it literally means a cutting off of the old man and the new man now lives. There's, there's spiritual symbolism in there, and it's a reality. It's an identification of when Jesus goes into the tomb, he's laid for three days. We don't hold you underwater for three days. Don't ever let anybody do that. 
I have seen a video, and <laughs> these guys were baptizing somebody until they started shaking. I guess in, in that culture, they really had to get some stuff out of them. But, uh, but we don't do that. It's, it's a down and up, fully immersion. It's the symbolism of down with Christ in, as in the tomb and raised again, resurrected, raised again to a new life. Meaning the washing severs that old delivers and, you know, demonize or slavery, uh, all those old thoughts and old mentality, God is literally spiritually washing them away in the baptism of water, the water baptism. It's a cutting of the flesh. And don't get upset. I'm going to explain this. Let me show you an example of this in the Old Testament, and I'm going to continue to bring context around this throughout today. So another type, this is another type from the Old Testament, is when the Israelites went through the Red Sea. So they went through the Red Sea. You remember that Jesus, he, I mean, sorry, God parted the sea, and the Israelites, Moses was leading, and in the Exodus, leading God's people, the Israelites, the Hebrews, God's children, through the Red Sea, leaving Egypt. Egypt is a picture, an Old Testament type, a real place, but an Old Testament type of bondage and slavery. They were leaving that old lifestyle. They go through the water, through the, the Red Sea, to the other side. This is a symbolism of baptism. And when the, all the children had come across through the water baptisms, through the Red Sea being parted, God moved the waters back onto the enemy of their soul, the enemy of their lives. Spiritually speaking, it's the enemy of our soul. And he crushes the in, their enemy, and so the slavery is left behind, and the new life is ahead. Whew. That makes me want to get baptized again. I've already been baptized. I just want to do it again. So Ephesians 4, though, says that there's one baptism and one Lord. And some who argue around this, this truth that we're talking about this, in this series, they'll say, well, hey, Ephesians 4 says there's only one baptism. But even they believe in two. I want to show you in a minute. Ephesians says there is one Lord. But we have revealed through this conversation, this series, that there's three in one, the Trinity. That's how, he, that's how the picture of, of, of the Trinity continually comes about. We can, we can find it in our body. We can find it in the baptisms. We can find it in the Lord. There's three in one. Here we go. And so we need to discuss this because the Bible also says there's, there's three in heaven. And then there's three on earth who agree. Speaking of in heaven, the Trinity, and on earth is the speaking of the baptisms. There's three on, on, on heaven that are one. There's three on earth, in earth that are one. So the people who argue against the three baptisms read Ephesians 4 and say there's one, but they believe in two. They believe in in being baptized into the body of Christ, and they believed of being baptized into the water, but they say, There's, that's it. And they even go as far to say that when you get baptized in the body of Christ into Jesus, you've received the Holy Spirit. And theologically, that's not true. I'm gonna show you. Number three is this. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to let Scripture define Scripture. We don't want to add to Scripture. We don't want to take away from Scripture. Matthew 3.11, one of the four places of the four Gospels 
that you see this moment take place. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Think, remember that word. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. John is saying, he, Jesus, the Messiah, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is John saying that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist was not talking to the disciples. Jesus gets baptized in Matthew 3 right here. Jesus calls the disciples in Matthew 4. He wasn't talking to the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples. He wasn't talking to the 120 in the upper room. John was declaring the way of the Lord. He was declaring the Messiah is at hand and will be coming. He was declaring to all of mankind that this, one of the ministries of the Messiah who is here and will be coming (laughs) upon you, will baptize everyone in the Holy Spirit and fire. This was John's declaration. And he was making a way, is exactly his assignment. Many people will say that, that John was talking to the, the 12 or the 120 or the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is only for the 12 or for the 120. But you can't say that, you can't prove that in the scriptures. He wasn't speaking to the 12 or 120 because they weren't there. Look at this, the Holy Spirit, going to bring back the points. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. And number three, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And many people say that one and three are the same, but they aren't the same theologically and they aren't the same grammatically. Let me show you. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. But people who argue that there's only two will say, when you get this one and this one, then you automatically get this one right here. Not true. Can't theologically be proven. It's popular opinion. But it goes against everything the scripture talks about when it's talking about this subject. Look at this. Have you ever... Have you ever met someone, so you've been to maybe a, a tribe, a small group, and you're meeting new people, and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is for me, I don't know. And so you meet a guy around the hors d'oeuvres or appetizers, if it's a really good tribe, and then you meet a guy named John, or Joe, let's just say Joe. And Joe, you're, you're saying, hey, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm Nathan, this is, that's my name, I'm Nathan. And then all of a sudden, Calvin walks up, who came with Joe and knows Joe. Calvin says, hey, Joe, what's going on? Oh, Nathan, have you met... or?" He introduces himself. I say, hey, I'm Nathan. You're, you're, I'm Calvin, back and forth. And then Calvin says, oh, did you hear about Joe? Did you know Joe this, this, and this? And he just starts talking up Joe. And then Joe says, yeah, but did you know Calvin? And he goes, starts talking up Calvin. Well, they're introducing me to one another. When I came to Christ, the Holy Spirit introduced me to Jesus. And then Jesus introduced me to the Holy Spirit when I was willing to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do you see the two differences? We got to know the differences. You got to know the difference between these. These absolutely cannot be the same. And the reason we're driving this home and the reason we're so passionate about this is because we are tired of seeing Christians, believers who are walking around feeling like they don't understand why they don't have power, why they can't live out this life. And they're living a purposeless life rather than a purposeful life, which Jesus Christ went to the cross so that we could have. 
So we're just passionate about it. Please don't, don't, get, don't get upset about it because of our passion for us all understanding and discovering and receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered to be witnesses for Christ in this lost and hurting world, okay? That's our reasoning behind this, so we can move the gospel forward, and that's what Jesus says will happen when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which Jesus himself does. Okay, here's a confusion, though. This is where people get confused. And even people in Pentecostal or charismatic movements will say this terminology because their grammar's jacked up. <laughs> and so some of you have been saying this, probably, no offense, but you're confusing the body of Christ because your grammar is a little off. It's okay, we're growing, we're in, we're in Eastish Texas, you know, so we get, we get it. But education is a little off. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. And here's what people will say. Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And, and they think they're talking about this. But what they're really saying is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. And so it's confusing. They don't know that they're saying, are you, have you been baptized into salvation? But that's what they're saying. And people are thinking, are you talking baptism in the, of the Holy Spirit? Because it's grammatically wrong. What they mean to say, and what you mean to say is, have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And that comes by Jesus. See the difference? Huge difference. This is the baptism. This, this who say of is what they'll say of the Holy Spirit. Here down here, Jesus baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the one who does the baptizing when it comes to in or with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was later wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit after you've been saved and water baptized. Scripture says that it's a gift from Jesus, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it's a promise. And by the way, we read in Matthew 3, we're going to read in the other four synoptic gospels. Synoptic means synonymous. They're similar, but they have different approaches because of the writer in which the Holy Spirit guided and led. There's different timings. There are different approaches to the timing of Jesus' life. A different, but you'll see five things in all four gospels, only five things that are in all four gospels. And that's the death of Jesus the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then you'll see the feeding of the 5,000. There's a principle there that God is showing us if we'll trust him with this little bit that he's asking us to bring in, he'll multiply it. Not only will he feed the multitude, feed our families, but he'll feed the multitudes once we begin to, by faith, trust him with the little bit that he's asked us to steward his way and not ours. A very important principle, very important principle. But Mark 1.8 says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Talking about Jesus. Luke 3.16, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1.33 I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the, Holy, the, the Spirit descending and remaining on him, 
This is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Do you see it? This is the baptism in or with that God desires, that Jesus went to the cross, that disciples water baptized. And Jesus is like, I've got something special for you. It is important that I go so you can receive this gift. Christ is our example, correct? Right? I mean, why do we live? Christ is our example. And so here's an example, a pattern that God has set for all of his people, and you can see it from Old Testament to New Testament. Go ahead. Salvation, water, spirit. Salvation, water, spirit. Consistent all the way through. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to start in the New Testament, take you to the Old Testament, and then we're going to see some change going on in here. Here's what happens. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The disciples baptize us in water, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus was born sinless. So he didn't need to be saved. He was salvation. You and I were not born sinless, and so evident is it. We, <laughs> we need to be saved, and that only through childlike faith and because of what Jesus did on the cross, you and I receive salvation. Now, God sees us as perfect, not in our position, I'm sorry, not in our performance, but he sees us as perfect in our position. Positionally, because we've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ, we are in Christ, and so this is what God the Father sees. You following me? See the picture? And so Christ, see, God sees us perfect in position, but now we have to grow. That's where the water starts to take place. It washes the old from the new. The new begins, and this is where the baptism in the Holy Spirit empowers us to live out this life that conforms us to the image of Christ. Now, Christ is salvation, so he didn't need to be born again, but he did get water baptized. John did it, and then he got Holy Spirit baptized as well. If Jesus needs it, <laughs> boy, I need it. The moment he gets water baptized... The Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon Jesus. I'm going to take it a step further. I didn't say this in first service. But after this, God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. When, this is when he started his earthly ministry thereafter. Remember, he goes and he calls the, four, the, the 12 in, in Matthew 4. You and I, we can't fully walk into our calling until we've watched, or we've received rather, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and we're empowered to do the very things in which he's called to, called to do. And once we do, scripture says these works will glorify the Father and this is when he says, that's my son in whom I'm well pleased. Woo, that is really good. I don't know, this is heavy in this room, but that was good. Because of what Christ did on the cross, man, we get, we get to be baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ. Water baptized one another, and now the Holy Spirit. Jesus is just saying, hey, I got a gift for you, and it's a promise from me. I've promised it when I left. If you'll just be so willing to receive. This one's on you, and we receive it by faith, by faith. So right after Jesus was baptized, water baptized, the Holy Spirit fell upon him. And this is a common pattern that we find in Scripture. So let me show you in Acts 2, but not Acts 2. You're thinking about Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, he found some people, he was walking through community, and he found some people that, that had taught, heard about this Christ. He said to them, repent, and let every one of your 
of you be baptized, repentance, remember I told you to remember that, is, often, is always connected with salvation. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's see that again. Acts 8, later. But when they believed salvation, Philip, as he preached these, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were water baptized. Notice about salvation, water baptism. But notice he didn't say, and that's all they needed. Verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Now obviously, Peter and John were not there. Therefore, whenever they have been sent, word came back. There's no email, there's no texting, there's no cell phones. Word came back in slow pace. And then word had to go forth. They sent Peter and John. Now you go to that space where people have been saved and water baptized, and here's what I want you to do. It says, who, the, who when they went, sorry, they had come down, gave them the right hand of Christian fellowship because that's all they needed? No. <laughs> when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, how can I receive the Holy Spirit at salvation if later I have to receive the Holy Spirit? But many have been taught that they receive the Holy Spirit or even the baptism in the Holy Spirit at salvation, and they've been walking around powerless, unable to fulfill and walk out the calling that's on their life. Verse 16, for as yet he had fallen, he had fallen upon none of them, the Holy Spirit. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Separate experiences. And there's our, here are clear signs of the grammar lesson that I gave you earlier of if, of, of, in, and with. This is it. This is your sign right here. Matthew, I mean, Acts 19, 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth the, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, so they were believers in Christ, finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit of the receive the Holy Spirit bab, when you be, when you believed? So they were disciples already. Why would Paul, who wrote one third of the New Testament, ask them if they've received, they're saved, they're disciples, if they had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? If they had received the Holy Spirit, if when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. Either Paul didn't know his theology, which this redonkulous, or there is two separate experiences where once after salvation and then there's water baptism, there is a baptism from Jesus in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go with Paul. <laughs> Acts 19, 2, 6, let's read it, continue. He said to them, did you receive the baptism, the, the, receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Answer is no. Here's what he says. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard there, whether there is a Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's that's where much of the body of Christ is, right there. Oh, you're saved. You might have got water baptized. But man, life is rough. Struggling continually. And I don't know what I'm called to do. Why am I here? What's my purpose? There's a next step. 
there's a next step. Verse 3, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. Think about that, salvation. Saying to the people that they should believe on him. Repentance, believing to sal- leading to salvation, believing on Christ, him, Christ, who, could, who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they've repented, they believe for salvation, and now they've been water baptized. With me? Verse 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Separate experience. Separate moment, separate time, a much-needed thing. Obviously, Paul, Peter, and John all realize we can't just have salvation. We can't just have water baptism. Got to have them both. But to live this life out according to him who which we live, for whom which we live, we got to have this third experience, and that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. And most people come up short on this because they think it only happened in Acts 2. The reality is it happened in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, and Acts 19. Acts 8 was five years after Pentecost. Acts 10 was 10 years after Pentecost. Acts 19 was 25 years after Pentecost. They're still walking through communities, finding believers who had not yet heard of nor been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's the same right here. Here's my question today. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these are one. These are the Trinity that bear witness to a supernatural life. Verse 8, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. These are the three baptisms. The blood is Jesus. Water is by disciples, and the Holy Spirit is by Jesus. When you get saved, you become a new person. When you get water baptized, the old person gets cut off and left behind in the water. When you get spirit baptized, you get the power to walk out this new life in Christ that he desires for us to live out. You desire to live out. You're trying to figure out the missing pieces, the little dots, to connecting to the dots to fill out this whole picture of life. Here's the piece. Here's the piece. The ticket to heaven is salvation, but if you want to live empowered on this earth, you need the water baptism and to receive this spirit baptism. And, and so many also, like you're going to heaven and you walk the aisle as a child, you may even have gotten water baptized, but you finally actually got saved recently and now it's really time to get water baptized. You got dunked. You walked the aisle, you did the thing, you met the church, but now later in life, you met Jesus, and that's real salvation. Water baptism is next, and that's, by the way, Labor Day weekend. And many, I mean, many are here who have been convinced that at salvation, you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit or you receive the Holy Spirit, and you've been stuck on that, and you're walking around wondering why I feel so powerless in life. Anxiety, depression, weariness, 
loss, just feeling lonely. I don't know why I haven't fulfilled my calling. I don't know what my calling is. I don't know why I exist. All those powerless feelings because you've yet to receive the baptism from Jesus in the Holy Spirit. But when he does that and you receive that all by faith and because of his grace, everything changes. Everything changes. 1 Corinthians 10, 1, I'm going to give you a couple more verses, then I'm going to give you an illustration. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Well, you've got to see some typology and pictures right here. Verse, uh, verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Moses was a deliverer of God's people. He was a savior from bondage, right? A type of Christ is what, what Scripture sets Moses up to be. So that one day, God's people couldn't miss the Messiah. The cloud, whenever Moses went up to meet God, to write the law, on, on, to receive the law, a cloud, the Holy Spirit, descended upon the mountain, descended upon Moses. They all, whenever leaving Egypt, leaving their life behind there and moving into a place that they had no idea that they were going, they were just getting away from bondage. They went through the Red Sea water baptism. You see the pictures? We can't miss it. Another picture is you, sometimes when the Holy Spirit's leading, you don't know where you're going. And we have a world here that we have to be intellectually in the know of what exactly God is doing all the time. And he's saying, will you just follow my spirit? You're saying, I don't even know your spirit. But once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you realize the advocate, the comforter, the counselor that he is, the teacher who leads you and guides you in all truth, and you get to not intellectually have information about him, but you get to know experientially and understand him, all of a sudden your logic turns to faith logic, and it's illogical to not do what he's saying. I'm telling you, that's when you start walking with God. That's what he's designed and created us to find and to become. I'll give you one more illustration, and we're going to pray. This is the tabernacle that God had mo instructed Moses to build, to get, get craftsmen and people of all trades to come in and, and, and erect this, this tabernacle for God, called the Tent of Meeting. This is where God would come and meet the people. Now, interestingly, the 12 tribes that had been established had to meet around this, around this tabernacle, and they would meet in a cross. They would meet in a cross shape. And the, the tribe of Judah would meet right here in the center and guess where Jesus came from? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so only through the tribe of Judah, only through Jesus, could you enter into the curtain, through the curtain. And once you did, the first thing that took, what must take place was an altar of sacrifice. That's what Jesus did for us so that we wouldn't have to. But he does ask us to sacrifice some things. Then after that, there would be the brazen labor. This is where you'd have to wash up. This is the picture of the water baptism right here. And before, you could go through the outer veil into the holy place and in the most holy place where the presence of God would dwell, you would have to, Moses would be instruct, he would have to do this to Aaron and the priests. New Testament, Peter says, we are kings and priests, a royal nation, a holy, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. This is scripture, I'm just giving you scripture. They would have to be anointed with oil. There's a flask set out where they would have to be anointed with oil before going in through the outer veil. <laughs> 
You can't go through the sacrifice, through the water, the, the labor, and enter into the outer veil without being anointed with oil. It didn't work out well. You didn't live. You, li you had a dead life. And it's the same for us. We can't go into the presence of God, the holiest of holies, carry and dwell within him and carry his presence where we go without the baptism of his presence. I love it. What about the Holy Spirit and fire? Let me show you. And, and I, I just have to say in worship, I saw this a beautiful. I saw many of these things passing around. I just closed my eyes. This right here, the first place they would go was the candlestick, the menorah. And it's powered, it's fueled by oil. And it forever stays lit with fire. Oil is always a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I just saw it in this room this morning as I was worshiping. And I could see these menorahs just passing around, passing around, passing around. And it was as, as if everywhere, every candlestick is, there was oil just beginning to fill up. And the fire of the Holy Spirit just began to light a flame in this space. In a moment, after a prayer, after, during the song, there's going to be a prayer team up here. If you need prayer for anything, your family, your marriage, school, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, depression, whatever it is, there's a team up here to pray with you through that. But, in a, but right now, I want to invite you to stand up if you've never received and you want to today receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This gift from Jesus, I'm asking you to stand up right now. Last service, we had six, eight people stand up and receive. Stand up, go ahead. Don't worry about anybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being bold. Thank you. Thank you. You can keep standing up because I know it's time. You know it's time. The Holy Spirit is working inside of you even right now. Like, mm, you need to get up. And like, mm, I don't want to. He's not gonna make you do anything weird. He's not even gonna make you speak in tongues. That's what everybody's afraid of. It's not a requirement, but it is a benefit. We'll explain that in another week. Anybody else, you can just keep standing up because you know, you know, the Holy Spirit's prompting you, you know. If you'll just open your hands like this and, and literally pray this prayer because some have agreed with and sat under teaching that actually spoke the very things I argued against. Oh, I already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, honey, you can't tell. <laughs> I'm being funny. And you've been carrying this this broken theology in your mind and your heart and your soul and you've been feeling powerless and now it's time to finally come into agreement with the truth of God's word and say, Lord, I don't, I don't wanna defy you anymore. And if it's in our hearts to defy this, that's something we need to confront right now. Why am I being so defiant against the truth of God's word? And so it's just like this, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Come on, say it. It's for you, not for me. <laughs> for being resistant to the fullness of your word. To believing a doctrine that did not line with your truth. 
And Jesus, right now, I ask that you baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And then just be present. He's not weird. People are weird. They're weird without the Holy Spirit. He may be, because of your, for your repentance, he may be creating a new sensitivity in your soul. That's the Holy Spirit. Just let him do his work. He may be bringing things to your mind that have taken place that he wants to sit down with you and discuss and walk you through. He may be reminding you of callings that he's spoken to you during private times and he's trying to bring those things up to the surface so that we can actually do some work. You may feel some sensation in your palms and your hands. Isaiah said when he met God, it was like he took coals, burning coals and just touched it to his lips. It just felt like a fire. not too late to get into this thing. It's between you and God. I'm just, I'm just facilitating how to get to the Lord. How to live a powered and empowered life. So we just say, come Holy Spirit. We ask that you do a good work. Set a fire in our soul. Start a revival and let it begin with me. Father, let me no longer look and, and see what others are doing or not doing. Father, just let me be focused on what your spirit is speaking to me and in this moment and every moment. Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me. Search my heart and know my ways. And if anything not align with your heart, Holy Spirit, confront it. Bring me under the truth of your word. I don't wanna mislead, I don't wanna misguide. I don't want to misrepresent, and I don't want to live a powerless, purposeless lifestyle, not discovering my calling, the reason in which you've created me. Holy Spirit, conform me today to the image of Christ. Move me forward. Holy Spirit, accelerate this process of sanctification. Move me, Lord, into the righteous path which you've designed and declared over my life, my family, my church, and my community in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody.